I want us to turn to the third chapter of the book of John. We're going to read some passages there, 27 through 29, 30 and 31, and then 33. John replied, God in heaven appoints each person's work. Let's read together. John replied, God in heaven appoints each person's work. You yourselves know how plainly I told you that I am not the Messiah. I am here to prepare the way for him. That is all. The bride will go where the bridegroom is. A bridegroom's friend rejoices with him. I am the bridegroom's friend, and I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. I am of the earth, and my understanding is limited to the things of earth, but he has come from heaven. Those who believe him discover that God is true. Can we celebrate once more that we have made that discovery? If you've invited Christ into your life, that God is true. How many of you found that out, that God is indeed true? He, he is true. One of the most influential men in all of history is this man of whom we just read. It's interesting because when you consider that this man lived out in the desert, he ate locust and wild honey. He wore clothes that were made from camel's hair. He also had a leather belt. It's amazing to consider that this man was one of the most influential man, men in all of history. Early Christian preaching began with the witness of of this man, John the Baptist. Acts chapter 10, verse 37 says, You know the events that took place throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under, under the tyranny of the devil because God was with him. The divine plan of the ages placed John the Baptist as Christ's forerunner, the one to introduce the master. John was the only son of a priest whose name was Zachariah. His mother's name was Elizabeth. And in John's day, it was his duty to follow his father's footsteps, to marry, and to have a son, to ensure that the priestly succession continued. That was the expected duty of the day, of John being the only son of Zechariah. But John the Baptist is directed down a different path altogether. 
a predetermined course is divinely laid out for his life that he must pursue. And his pursuit was that of a prophet, not a priestly vocation, but a prophet. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That's John the Baptist right there. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. John lived to fulfill one mission. And that was to point men to Jesus Christ. This was his sole mission as a prophet, as a forerunner. He was to point others to Jesus Christ. He would not, under any circumstances, allow himself to be deterred, to to be sidetracked from completing what he had been sent to do. Even when his own disciples, the men that were the closest to him, became jealous and envious over the escalating ministry of Jesus, they even began to question John as to what they should do about it, what they were to do about it, John would not for a moment move off course. He stayed center line on what what God had called him to do. He had one mission, and that was to point men to Jesus Christ. This is important for us today on this Mission Sunday as we set our hearts once more toward the nations of the world, beginning right here in our own nation, as we took time today to pray, and we'll continue to do that each Sunday as we move forward together toward general elections coming up in August. We are setting our hearts once more and asking God to work in us today Set us the word into our hearts that we might move forward together and fulfill the mission to which God has called us and placed us. John the Baptist teaches us great lessons, incredible things that we're, we began last Sunday learning and taking hold of. And we learned today that he stayed focused he, uh, he, he, even though he would be questioned, even though others would try to deter him, he would not move away from. In fact, ten times in the few passages of our text, John uses the word him, his, and he in reference to Christ the Messiah. And he powerfully proclaimed these words in verse 33. Those who believe him discover, those who believe him, pointing to him, Christ, discover that God is true. And so from John's amazing example, today we continue what we began last Sunday, discoveries to stay the course. Discoveries to stay the course. 
to stay committed and focused and faithful to him who has called us. Just as it was with John the Baptist, so it is to be with us. Now this is not to say we're to live out in the desert, eating honey-coated locusts and wearing camel hair clothes. That's not, that's not what I'm referring to today. But our mission in life is to be one and the same. We are to point others to Jesus Christ. If you want to know what your mission is as a believer, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, it's simply to point others to Jesus Christ. We are to follow, as believers in Christ, we are to follow the same course of John the Baptist. Everything about us, our choices, our lifestyle, our deportment, our stewardship, our words, our deeds, all of them are to display a life radically transformed. Anybody here been radically transformed by Jesus Christ? Come on, your life has been completely turned around. You've been changed. You're different. Everything about us. Every aspect of our life is to display that transformation as well as our commitment to the, to the global cause of Christ. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. This is why we have been chosen by the God. We've been redeemed. We've been brought out for the purpose of displaying to our in our world that our lives have been radically changed. And when people see that change in us, we immediately point them to Jesus Christ. He's the one who's transformed us. He's the one who's delivered us. And we're committed. We're committed to His cause. Wherever we may be in this world, we're committed to it. We, as God's people, are on mission. We are on mission. We're all on mission. Yet at times like John, we find ourselves encountering challenges. We desire to point people to Jesus, but we can be tempted by distraction. We can be tested. We can be tried. We can find ourselves intimidated. We can get discouraged by unfavorable, seemingly unending circumstances that can take us off course. And if we give permission to these and any other issues or challenges that are designed to slow us down, we can struggle to maintain the cause to which we are to be committed to demonstrate the love of God to and the goodness of God to everyone around us, that they can see there's a difference in us, that we are not like we used to be. Aren't you glad? We've been changed. Allow me to explain a bit more so we can make a discovery today to stay the course. Let me look just for a few moments 
at this man, John the Baptist, and make a discovery right here. Humanly speaking, John faced a temptation that could have easily overcome him. He had been at the crest of his popularity in this place right here in John chapter 3 where we read. He had just been at the very peak of his popularity. All segments of society had come out to hear him. Some people said that he was Elijah incarnate. Herod himself was listening to John. But as Jesus came onto the scene, the one whom John faithfully pointed out as the Lamb of God, John's crowds begin to diminish. His disciples, the disciples of John, began to question. Actually, they began to panic. They had committed everything to following John and serving John the Baptist. But now they're filled with questions and they're, they're struggling. So in verse 29, in response to them asking, in response to John's disciples asking, what are we to do? John employs an illustration drawn from a marriage ceremony to depict the way he saw his relationship with Jesus. And from this, we're going to discover a key to stay on course. When this pressure was upon John, questioning him, and he's, he's seeing that so many are, are now going to Christ and he is, he is diminishing, his ministry is diminishing and Christ is coming into the fullness of what he had come for. John employs an illustration from a Jewish marriage ceremony. He described himself in verse 29 as being the bridegroom's friend. The bride belongs to her husband, not to him. <laughs> the bride belongs to the husband. Verse 29, the bride will go where the bridegroom is. A bridegroom's friend rejoices with him. I am the bridegroom's friend and I am filled with joy at his success. The bride belongs to her husband, not to the friend of the bridegroom. And so it is the church. The bride of Christ belongs to him. And John made it clear through this analogy that it is to be expected and desired that the people will come to Jesus. Not to Him, but to Jesus, the bridegroom. I am the bridegroom's friend. And His success is what matters. So verse 29, the latter part of our text John humbly stated, I am filled with joy. I am filled with joy at his success. At his success. And here's the second discovery to stay the course. 
on this mission Sunday, and that is to discover the joy, to discover the joy of humbly serving Christ's cause. Discover the joy of humbly serving Christ's cause. That's the takeaway from this incredible analogy. I'm going to break it down for us a little bit more here in a moment. Discover the joy. I am filled with joy, guys, at his success. He must continue to increase. I must decrease. I am filled with joy. For the plan of the ages is beginning to unfold. I've done my part. I've pointed him out. And I'm full of joy. And I humbly step back. But you know what? John continued to baptize. He continued to stay focused on what he had come to do. This most crucial point, this is amazing to me. At this most crucial point, with God's plan for the ages beginning to unfold, John humbled himself. We're at a very critical point right now. All eyes have been upon John. In fact, many people were questioning, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that we are, are to expect? And he continued to say, I'm not. I am not the one. And now that Jesus has come and John has faithfully pointed him out, this is a very, very crucial point. John's response is critical because he has the attention of everyone. He has the attention of the, of the Jewish nation upon him. And so at this point, John's response is so critical. He can, he can derail the whole thing. He can, he, if he stands up and if he does not humble himself, if he does not set himself in his right place, he could bring a lot of confusion. But John took the low road. This is why Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11, truly, the first part of that verse says, truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Humility was the key to John's greatness. Humility was the key to John's greatness, influencing men to follow Jesus. Influencing men to follow Jesus. This is why John compared himself to a best man at a wedding. And I want to look at this a little bit more in detail. As I begin to study, I found it intriguing that right in the midst of this most critical and crucial moment in the history of the church, in the history of Christ's coming and now beginning his three and a half years of public ministry, all eyes are upon John. Well, what will John do? In the midst of this moment, John begins to talk about the bride and the bridegroom and the bridegroom's friend. So I begin to study and find out what 
this is all about. And here's what I learned. The friend, John said, I am the bridegroom's friend. That's me. The friend of the bridegroom had a unique place at a Jewish wedding. He acted as the liaison between the bride and the bridegroom. He arranged the wedding. He took out the invitations. He presided at the wedding feast. The bridegroom's friend brought the bride and the bridegroom together. But he had one special duty amidst all of these other responsibilities. The bridegroom's friend had one special duty. His duty, his special duty was to guard the bridal chamber and let no false lover in. This was his special duty. He was to guard, once he took out all the invitations, he, he presided at the wedding feast, he, he did all the arrangements, he, he brought the bride and groom, a bridegroom together, then he would stand at the bridal chamber and he would post himself. It would be dark around him, but he would stay there so that no false lover could enter. He would only open the door in the dark when he heard the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, he had to recognize the bridegroom's voice. It was in the recognition of the bridegroom's voice that the bridegroom's friend would open the door and allow the bridegroom to come to be with his bride. When he heard the bridegroom's voice, he was glad. And he let him in. Then he went away, and he went away rejoicing, for his task was completed. His task was done. John the Baptist said he found his fullness of joy in his master's voice. Come on, can we appreciate John the Baptist? Amazing. He found the fullness of joy in hearing Jesus' voice, knowing that Christ, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, had now come to redeem fallen man back to God and together to himself, his bride, which is you and I, his church. John was filled with joy. This is the heart of what I want to say to you, knowing that Christ, whom John said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, had now come and had now begun his public life. His public life of ministry had now come to move onto the scene to redeem fallen man back to God and to gather to himself his church His bride, you and I, John, was filled with joy. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 11, 
Verse 11, Jesus said, I can guarantee this truth of all the people ever born. No one is greater than John the baptizer, yet the least important person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. I brought you back to this this verse once more because I want you to see the latter part of this verse. Yet the least important person in the kingdom of God is greater than John. Oh, may we discover anew the joy. May we discover uh, anew this joy of introducing lost mankind to our Savior. May we indeed, those of us who he has brought into his kingdom, those of us whom he has translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. May we once again discover the joy of of committing ourselves and living for His kingdom, living for His purposes. May we humble ourselves at His feet. May we go forth humbly bearing this message of life and this message of hope to a broken, devastated world. May we find great joy in being used of God to go forth in the global cause of Christ that all men might be set free, that men might come into and be part of the great kingdom of God in the earth. Come on, I thank God today and I bless God today that I know Him. Aren't you grateful that you know Jesus? Come on, Savior, Lord, King. Pastor, I need to just discover once more that joy. I, 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 I need to discover that burden, that longing, that I know God has placed me and strategically put me where I am, yet I'm finding myself distracted. I'm finding myself burdened down and weighed down. And I just want to come and humble my heart before the Lord today and just acknowledge my need to rediscover that joy of serving, that joy of standing watch, that joy of taking this message of life and hope to those in my world. Come on, I want you to lift your hand today if you need that. And I want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just stand before you as your people. We are indeed your bride, your church, whom you have purchased, whom you have bought and by your own blood. And we thank you and we bless you today. And we ask you, Lord, that you would work deeply in us and that we would return to that place with joy. Shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation with joy? We discover it once more, O God, of being used by you to see transformation come to someone's world, oh God, that we will go forth, my Father, knowing that it's only by your grace that we've been saved. We humble ourselves in your presence to acknowledge it's your doings, God. It's all because of you. And we thank you today. Fill your church, Lord. Fill your people once more with that joy which is our strength to stay the course, that joy which is our our strength, God, to stay faithful and to stay committed, to stay focused, 
on being used of you, oh God, to see your purposes fulfilled as John saw in his day and in his life. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Yeah, come on, let's praise him today and magnify him today. Everybody have an amazing week. Go out and let's continue to discover. Let God use us this week to minister to somebody in our world. Have a great week, everybody.